All right. Welcome to the Trade Today podcast. This show is to bridge the gap between the Chinese financial market and the audience who wishes to understand it. Today is our second episode, and since the first one, a lot have a lot has happened, right? So today we will go through what actions have been taken so far and the and how the market has evolved since. So in our first episode, as we predicted, towards the end of August, when CSRC joined efforts with the Ministry of Finance to lower stocks trading stamps, we predicted that this round of boosting financial market will go hand in hand with boosting the overall economic conditions. And it was expected that there will be a lot more policy changes to be followed in the coming weeks. So basically, over the past two weeks, every day, there were new measures that were announced. Overall, we could group the policy changes into three categories, real estate, monetary, and physical. Do note that this is different from the traditional Keynesian economics, where, you know, here in China, there are more dimensions of ways the state can change or control the economic outcomes. Keynesian economics focus on traditional physical as well as monetary policies. And in China, there more can be done, right? And one major aspect is real estate, which uh, we will discuss today. The first major policy change in real estate was announced on Thursday, August 31st. And I, this is quote direct from uh, Xinhua, which is the official news agency. Uh, China's financial authorities eased mortgage policies in an effort to better meet housing demand and promote development of property sector. There are really two major angles of this round of policy changes. The first one being uh, the interest rate of the existing mortgages for first-time home buyers will be lowered. Starting from September 25th, uh, banks and borrowers can negotiate rate changes or swap into new loans at lower rates. So according to analysis I've seen, lowering mortgages, mortgage rates will benefit about 40 million borrowers. And the goal, the, the goal obviously, you know, I, I quote Xinhua again, Right, people. People's Bank of China expects the reduction in interest expense for borrowers to help spur consumption and investments. For the banking sector, the early mortgage repayment rush will be eased, and the risk from mortgage irregularities will also diminish. End quote. So again, this is you know, this is to say that the policymakers are well aware of the mortgage prepayment rush or a more you know basically a a sign or or an aspect of the credit contraction that we have seen this year right the credit contraction was a major reason behind this year's economic recession and a going on fear of china will be following japan's footsteps post 90s the second, the second angle 
uh, right of the policy changes is to lower the minimum down payment ratio for the first-time home buyers to 20% versus previously 20 to 35%. This is to this varies by cities because cities have you know have authorities to to basically make their own rules as well as long as it uh, it compliance compliance with the state policies and the down payment ratio for the second time home buyers to 30% floor versus previously 30% to 70%. And cities cities can still decide the actual down payment ratios based on the local property market performances and uh, in addition to these down payment ratio reductions the criteria for identifying first-time home buyers were also relaxed and favorable individual income tax measures were extended for those who want to sell homes to want to sell their current homes and to buy new ones right this is probably foreign to listeners who are not familiar basically in China this is a rule called uh, which really consists of two parts the first part identifies the first time home buyers as someone who do not own properties in the city where the purchases happened the second part which is more interesting called Rendai identifies the first time home buyers as someone who do not previously done mortgage borrowings nationwide right so you know what that means is if right before if someone has borrowed from a bank before no matter how small the borrowing amount was and regardless of the location or or he or she did the borrowing and regardless if he or she has repaid the loan in full they will not qualify as first-time home buyers if they were to take out a loan from a bank and for these people there will be a premium in the interest rate when these guys have to borrow so th you know this is quite quite controversial right but this has been a major control enforced on home purchases in first tier cities it's not you know this is not extremely friendly for people who you know officially or originally were not from the city but right they if they already own homes right in their right in their hometown who want to move to the bigger cities so this has been relaxed right so basically the rendai part the second part has been uh, has you know has been canceled so if you did own a mortgage loan before as long as you repaid it in full you are considered or identified as first-time home buyers so that's you know that's actually a lot more logical there is a twist to these policy policy changes so for interest rate reductions on existing mortgages on the first homes right the borrowers can refinance or simply ask banks to reprice existing mortgages to follow the mortgage rate floor at the time when they initially borrow mortgages note that this is not to reprice the rates of existing mortgages 
to the latest mortgage rates, but to the the you know, but to to the basically the the the, the cap when the mortgage was first taken out, right? So this is making this part of the policy change a lot more marginal than you know than it could be, right? So this is mainly to keep existing borrowers happier, not happy, right? Is to make them happier without posing any potential threats to the state banking system, which could already be vulnerable in the current environment. And this, to my opinion, will not stop the rounds of prepayments because deposit rates are already so low and adjusted to even lower over the past week. To put in context, the current deposit rate of state-owned banks is 20 basis points. And the one-year fixed deposit rate is 1.5%. The five-year deposit rate, fixed deposit rate is 2.2%, right? And whereas the five-year and above LPR is 4.2%. So this is to guarantee that the banks have a solid 2% margin. You know, basically, right, there, I don't think there will be any consequence to the health of the financial system right basically you know the you know the government made the policies so friendly to the state-owned banks and some some comments and thoughts for for these for these policy changes <clears throat> i think most importantly the adjustments do echo the call from the ccp's leadership which in july urged the rollout of i quote optimize real estate market policies to adapt to the major changes, end quote. So this is dramatically, right? So when this was first announced in July, this is dramatically different from Fang Zhu Bu Chao, which was a term that was coined in December 2016 by top leadership, right? Fang Zhu Bu Chao means the houses are for living and not for speculative investments. This term has basically guided the any transforms or or any you know policy rollouts over the past six or seven years and this term is dropped out in 2023 july polit politburo meetings even though i still see government officials quote this phrase post-July meeting, but I do think that the major change in the in the leadership priorities has already happened, right? So this could be, you know, similar to the COVID, right, the COVID policies or, you know, the basically the, the, the main policy changes that we have seen over the past uh, few past few years in every year, in every area that uh, the government poses post, you know, policy changes. So well, the outcome or the result of these policy changes, in theory, rate reductions and down payment ratio changes are both pretty major policy changes, right? These are considered as beyond expectations, especially in super tier cities like Beijing and Shanghai. They both rolled out, rolled out or implemented these changes. These markets the super tier markets are considered as senior tranches of the Chinese real estate assets 
prices have gone down, right? Prices have only gone down, really, 10 to 20 percent in Shanghai, as an example, since market peaks from a year before, and hasn't really gone down since you know how dramatic the climb up has been. And Beijing even saw price trading higher this year. So both Beijing and Shanghai embracing these policy changes are, you know, are both you know for for political have both political implications, right? How this is to say basically how serious this round of easing is, and also their you know the 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 policy itself could help Beijing and Shanghai and other super tier cities to raise more money to help with the transfer payments because they are you know they are the only only cities that's running budget surpluses rather than deficits and the transfer payment in China is pretty unique it means that the super super tier cities help finance lower tier cities right and provinces as well because they are running surpluses. The 50 basis point interest rate reduction in all outstanding mortgages, in theory, would imply about 125 billion renminbi reduction in interest payments. So this is about 10 basis point of the of the entire GDP and 30 basis point of house, household dis, disposable income. Right, so this would, as a should actually, you know, provide a small support for consumption this year. And re in reality, right, so this was really two weeks ago, and so far there has not been a lot of data being published, and it is still too early to derive any conclusions from these measures. What we do know is trading volumes as well as inventory of unsold homes listed for sale has both gone up, right? Taking Shanghai as an example, data suggests that trading volumes of pre-owned houses did go up 20% in the 37th week, which was, you know, the past week. And while the overall number of homes listed for sale is estimated to be over 400,000 across the city, which would take something like three to four years for the entire market to digest. And overall, market sentiment has remained unchanged, if not has gone more bearish, since we do see more people are trying to participate, if they are trying to participate, by listing their homes either to cash out or to upgrade into newer bigger units so uh, they you know they before they purchase right they take on more more leverage into new houses purchases they would post their existing ones online and to sell those right and so this would pose you know more selling pressure on the pre-owned housing markets which we already seen in the past two weeks i think there will be a lot more to follow and it is still so premature to to derive any conclusions so we will keep a close eye on that and this concludes our second episode and i hope you enjoy it
We'll see you next time.